welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, the Doctor Who Last Days of Tenant special. Yes, we're going to be talking about last four uh, specials. Uh, my name is Meds. I'm known as Hawkeye Meds on the Treks in Sci-Fi forums. And I'm joined, as usual when it comes to Doctor Who, by Kenny. Kenny, introduce yourself. Hey, guys. This is uh, Kenny from California, also known as Geeky Fanboy on the forums. And also, as usual, our plucky girl assistant, Casey. Hey guys, it's Casey, and I'm so sad! <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you still got your Facebook picture of you looking lovingly at David Tennant? It is not going down anytime soon. <laughs> it's going to be up forever. <laughs> you might, might be changed by Matt Smith, you never know. Eh. Or maybe not. <laughs> Okay, so there was there was four episodes of uh, of the, you know the the specials. Uh, we might as well go through them more. Uh, I know that we we're probably going to be talking mainly about the end of time, but it started, of course, back uh, in England uh, on the eleventh of April two thousand and nine. Uh, I can't believe it was so long ago. Uh, with Planet of the Dead. single instinct of mine is telling me to get off this planet right now. Something is coming. Riding on the wind. They devour. What is it? Death. That planet out there, with the three suns and wormholes and alien sand, that planet is nothing. I'm going to get you home. I promise. This was episode 200. Uh, hence the reason why the number on the bus was uh, 200. Oh, I like that. I didn't know that. Although that is conjecture, I should point out, uh, because whenever uh, we have geekiness, uh, everyone's going to turn around and say certain things. It's actually the 200th story, but not necessarily the episode, because uh, Doctor Who has four stories or six stories per episode in the classic series. Um, but it is for, give or take, episode 200. Uh, written by Russell T. Davies and Gareth Roberts and directed by James Strong. So, uh, Kenny, do you want to uh, give us your thoughts on Planet of the Dead? And especially, I'd like to know what you think of uh, his companion for this, Michelle Ryan or uh, Lady Christina <clears throat> D'Souza. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, I was excited to get more Who because this was like a this was the first special. This is we already knew that he was leaving, so it was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. They already announced these would be you know his last four episodes or specials they would do. So it was first of all, it was cool to see him back, and for me, I actually liked I liked the episode. I thought it was it was simple and and it was it wasn't too complicated and had really cool effects. And you know, you, you really weren't sure, especially from the previews, you really had no idea what was going on or what yeah. the what they intended to do, which I like that about they don't give anything away really. Yeah, no spoilers. Nothing. As for uh, Michelle Ryan, uh, I liked her. I, I I think they've been doing this more with the with the recent Who than they did in the classic Who. Is bringing the companions are like his equal. You yeah. know, they're all super strong women who can take care of themselves. They they're just, they're there to help the Doctor, but they can actually support themselves also. Yeah, I think that Michelle Ryan does bring that too, and she was criticised a little bit for for coming in, which I think was unfair because no, I didn't see Bionic Woman, but uh, was she any good in that? She was, yeah. I mean, the stories is what was what weren't the best. It wasn't her, you know. I enjoyed the Bionic Woman, and I would have 
continued watching if it had gone on. Yeah, you know, but I, I didn't. Maybe I didn't hear. I didn't hear as much criticism about her joining because we're not in England. Yeah, but. I mean, I'll go. I'll go on about uh, uh, her after the Casey, uh, what do you think of uh, Michelle? I actually liked Michelle's character a lot. For one thing, I think she's gorgeous, and I want her hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I agree with Kenny. Um, I love the idea of the women being strong female characters that can take care of themselves. Um, like there was one little thing that bothered me about her. I don't quite know what it is. I think it may have been that she was just a little too cocky or I think she was just a little full of herself. And I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. There's something there that bothers me. I can't pinpoint what it is. <laughs> and I don't know. Mm, I, I wish I could explain what it is. And I'm probably it's going to figure it out her. as soon as the podcast is posted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should be believable of being a lady. I mean, Lady Christina D'Souza. It's a very, you know, uh, royalistic name, isn't it? Yeah, but was, I thought that was just given to her. Was she really a lady? Uh, you know, I can't remember. I thought it was self-proclaimed as, you know, that was just to sound grand. I didn't think she was a real lady. I mean, she's a I cat burglar. I rewatched a little bit of it this morning, and it, I think her she was born to um, a higher family, but then her dad lost all their money. Mm, okay. And she, and she took up a laugh of crime. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because it was very much a, a kind of Thomas Crane affair start with her doing the, uh, the, the museum raid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like Michelle Ryan, that one. Um, she came from a soap opera in England, uh, which is called EastEnders, which is awful. But it's popular. Oh gosh, yeah. Because I know about it. I know about it here in the U.S. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I've heard about EastEnders. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just one of these programs that you know they put it on Christmas Day and they have the Christmas Day special and like with Doctor Who has a Christmas Day special, you can't wait for it. You look forward to it because it's going to be exciting. With, with EastEnders Christmas special, you're looking for the next death suicide or abortion or something it's one of those things it really gives you the christmas spirit yeah uh, but that's that but we have that three times a week every week you know so, uh. yeah, so it's, uh, it's pretty bad but i i thought she was great as a companion now do you think she would have made a good uh constant companion yes yeah yeah i was disappointed that she was a one-offer yeah, yeah but I, we, think we, I think we knew early on that she was going to be just this one episode so yeah. But still, yeah, after seeing her, I, I would have liked to see her continue. Yeah, I think I would have liked her a little bit more because then they would have expanded on our character a yes, little bit. And we I would agree. have seen her flaws and, you know, her mm. vulnerable side. Maybe that's what it is. She didn't seem very vulnerable. That I get yeah, it. Okay. It, it, it was almost <laughs> like she, she'd been in a few episodes already, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about the others? You've got Lee Evans as uh, Malcolm Taylor, the, uh, the, the kind of geeky scientist. What was your views on him? I loved him. I thought he was great. Um, I remember seeing him years ago in Mouse Hunt, which is a pretty underrated movie by itself. But he he was just like the embodiment of all the fans watching Doctor Who, especially at the very end where he's hugging on David Tennant saying, I love you. I love you. This is you, isn't it? <laughs> I played the fifth. Is Lee Evans big over there? He isn't big over here, but I'm I'm a bit of a Broadway geek, 
and he was in, I think it was in the West End production of The Producers by Mel Brooks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember him from Mouse Hunt and thinking, oh my gosh, that's perfect. That's amazing. Because yeah, yeah. he was in Something About Mary as well, wasn't he? Yes. I yeah. never saw Something yeah. About Mary. I, I, he, oh. he looks familiar. He's like a, he's not a huge actor over here, but he's been in several big uh, movies over here. Um, it's good to see uh, Unit back in this with uh, Captain. Uh, I'm reading this. I'm going to have to say uh, Captain Arisa Magambo, uh, played by Norma Dum. Oh, going to say this one. Uh, Dumez Wene. Apologies, Norma. Um, <laughs> Pronunciation <laughs> <now> fail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't really like her. I must admit. I, I really? Nah. I think it's because I, I'm. I, I, I mean, this is something that we both, all the three of us have talked about on the last podcast we did on Doctor Who, um, being a classic fan, where Unit for me was, a, you know, a Brigadier Ethridge Stewart, and that's what I like. I, I, I miss the Brigadier, you see. So anybody coming into his into his boots is onto a loser already. But uh, trying to get away from that, I didn't feel anything for her. I, I just thought she was in the way, just a pain in the ass, really. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of felt like she was, you know, just a part of the obstacle to the plot where mm, she's holding yeah. the gun to Malcolm's head going, that's an order and stuff. It, it was kind of ridiculous. I liked her during her good bits and stuff, but kind of when she did her schizophrenic changes between <laughs> Avatar General and, you know, the like the nice guy, it, it, it bothered me. It bothered me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. Okay, so what about the whole story then, uh, and and also the setting in Dubai? Um, what's your opinion on that? I I liked the setting in Dubai. I thought it was very different because um, it's not often when we get to see a kind of desert setting in the new series, and yeah. I thought it was I thought it was especially interesting that instead of sand, it was ash from the being mm-hmm. on the planet. I thought that was very very creepy. Especially after the doctor put it in his mouth. <laughs> that is nasty. But uh yeah, um the story, you know, it it could have been stronger, but I think it was um a fair beginning of the end, honestly. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun little adventure. Um now the setting in du- in Dubai I actually enjoyed it. I like the fact that there was nothing to distract you. There is no yeah. nothing else but there's just sand and the people, so it relied solely on their interaction, their acting. I mean, they did go into the spaceship, but besides that point, and the bus, mm. but besides that, there was no other props, no other background, no just sand and sky. And that bus. was it, and, and a big bus, and yeah, that that's it. So I I did like the fact that you focus more on the people, on the characters, on the individuals, and I like that they. I think they 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 really. Um, story-wise, they actually, you know, they told each of their stories, each of the people's stories. They didn't have all have big parts, but I think we got to know each and every one of them through their actions. Um, and also, I like this story because no one really dies. Yeah. He freaked out and, you know, he deserved it. Yeah. No one well, else... No- Normally everyone, everyone deserves it. <laughs> okay. Well, he didn't deserve it, but he was an idiot, so he didn't listen to the doctor. And that's what happens when you don't listen to the doctor. But, you know, like the last one, the last Christmas special, the Titanic one, everybody dies. You know, so it was kind of a nice change that not not as many people died. And unlike um, Voyage of the Damned, I felt like um, you really did care for all the people on the bus. 
Now, see, and I, 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 cared for, I cared for Voyage of the Dam, so that I guess we'll disagree on. I was yeah. so sad when those people kept dying. I cared for the people who were poor, but we addressed that in the other podcast. <laughs> this is this yeah. one. Yes. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, we skipped that. Actually, we didn't talk about the next Doctor, but I mean, that was the last Christmas special. Oh, yeah, that's right. The last that's right. The next Doctor, we that's right. Yeah. Which, which was is, awesome. Uh, which was pretty good. Yeah, let everyone down. The, well, I didn't leave. I don't think anybody believed it was going to be. No people, you know, from the title. But, uh, yeah. yeah, great episode. The only thing I'll say is, I mean, uh, out of all the people on the bus, it's only the, uh, the the black elderly couple that actually sticks in my mind, really. Yeah, um, they were cute. Because, yeah, you know, and the, the fact they win £10 on the lottery every week. <laughs> and that's exactly. all they need. And that's perfect. That's the whole point, is the fact that they're not out for greed and they're not out for anything else. But she suffers from this terrible affliction at the end of the day, which is also, of course, uh, a, a good thing because she knows how to win the you know ten pounds in the lottery. But of course she um she gives the doctor a bit of a, a prophecy at the end, which we'll come to in a minute. But the uh, the bus, I mean, you guys know what happened to the bus, didn't you? In real life? Yes, in real life. Um, I remember reading something, but I can't recall what it was. I know something yeah. happened to it. Yeah, when it, when he got to Dubai, uh, it was in its normal state as it should be, and. Uh, uh, as I took it off, a container dropped on top of it, hence the reason why it looked so badly damaged. So I had to do a quick rewrite whilst I was in Dubai um, to film it in so that it looked exactly as it did. So good job they didn't do any of the special effects. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, there there would have right. been some serious problems there. So um, let's get to the end of it then. Uh, and uh, I think what I was going to say, when uh, the black lady turns around and gives the doctor her prophecy. Doctor, you take care now. You too. Chops and gravy, lovely. No, but you be careful. Because your song is ending, sir. What do you mean? It is returning. It is returning through the dark. And then, Doctor... Oh, but then... He will knock four times. What did you? Th- I mean, did you get? What was your thoughts on that? I mean, because for me, I know what I thought. But what, what did you think? Uh, honestly, I didn't think anything. I had no idea. Well, oh, really? Yeah, not not a clue. Other than, I mean, I figured the master would be back. I really, I didn't. Four knocks. It didn't really mean anything to me. So did you? Did the four knocks not give you the thing about the master? Uh, I remember the knocking. That's why. I, yeah, it's the only thing that it, it, it you know was. I remember him having hearing the knocking. Yeah, but I don't remember it being four knocks. Yeah, it was always the thing when he was doing his original hit. It was like, that's right. Yeah, see, and I didn't, put, I didn't put that together, but I did remember the knocking with the master. So that's why I figured he would be back for this finale. But I don't. Casey, was that the same with you? I had watched the clip of David Tennant announcing his departure. I was just like, okay, beginning of the end. Um, what I didn't expect was the return of your song will be ending soon because I thought after watching season four, I was just like, haha, they meant river song. Your song will be ending soon. I get it. I'm so clever. Yeah. But then I, when Carmen, when the um, older black woman said that Carmen said that, um, I was just like, no, no, I'm not turning this into an arc. You're going to make me sad. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> But um, I thought when they said when they said he will knock 
four times, I was just like, who is it going to be? Like, in the back of my head, I guessed it would be the master, but I didn't mm-hmm. connect it through. I didn't connect it through the four knocks. I just I just heard the word he. I was just like, it's him. <laughs> it's the evil one. <laughs> now, did you did you both jump onto the... Because obviously I, I have this habit of uh, when I'm watching the specials of Anywho, I actually have Treks in Sci-Fi open on my laptop and I'm sitting there waiting to press enter as soon as the titles come up. Because so, <laughs> I've got this thing where I feel the need to be the first one to post something <laughs> about it. And I, I, think, I, I think I put a spoiler warning up, but I was the first thing I turned around and said, knock four times, it's going to be the master. Um, ironically, how slightly wrong that is, but we'll come to that uh, later on. So, yeah. Uh, what, What's your, your overall opinion of Planet um, of the Dead, then? I mean, uh, good, bad, or in between? I'm going to say it was fun, which is slightly above but... in between and slightly below good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to rate it a little. It was, it was good. It was it was very entertaining. Um, I think it did what, what it was supposed to do, and it, it, was, it was just a fun ride. Yeah. I can agree uh, with Kenny, yes. I'm going to agree with both of you. Um, I'd like to have seen um, Michelle Ryan come back again. It's a... It's a shame she wasn't given uh, probably just a little bit more to uh, build up her character, I think. But uh, no, I, I liked it. It was, a, it was a good start. Yeah. Okay, so the second one, The Waters of Mars, or uh, The Masters of War, as it's uh, said if you work the letters around. Um, broadcast 15th of November. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow, all these things I learned. Masters of War, is that what the, number, the letters say when you rearrange them? Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, when it was... Oh, what was it now? Harold Saxon was like uh, mm-hmm. master number six, wasn't it? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Six. Yeah, which would have been the sixth master. Um, yeah, so uh, 15th of November 2009, uh, written again by uh, Russell T. Davies, uh, but with Phil Ford this time, and directed by the excellent uh, Graham Harper. Certain moments in time are fixed. This base on Mars, what happens here must always happen. Which is what? It's an unknown infection and it's spreading. Close down all water supplies. Any one of us could already be infected. We've all been drinking the same water. And if you take that back to Earth, one drop. There's one drop. Water is patient. Water just waits. Runs down the cliff tops, the mountains, the home of the world. Water always wins. Why won't you help, Doctor? If you know all of this, why can't you change it? Because you die. Mars. You die today. Uh, Lindsay Duncan this time as, well, not really a companion, but uh, major yeah, female I, lead in this uh, as Adelaide Brooke. Uh, so, uh, Casey, um, what do you think of uh, Lindsay first and also the uh, the actual story? I thought Lindsay's character was great, um, Adelaide Brooke. Uh, I thought she, it, it was different to see an older so-called companion it, mm-hmm. and the fact that she could pretty much keep everything in line and keep up with the doctor at an older age was very interesting to me it was a very twisted episode it made you think a lot about um it kind of goes in with the same theme of father's day from season one where something has to be set in time and yeah. uh when the doctor tries to change that what happens in the end is just, it's mind-blowing. And it's just, it was harsh to watch the very end. Holy cow, <laughs> I, I, did not, I did not expect that at all. Well, that her, what, what she does to herself or uh, the doctor's attitude. I thought, 
I thought it was a really interesting dynamic to see because I know we talked about this before, but he did turn into the master a little bit yeah. during the episode. It it was really interesting to just see him switch like that because he thought that now that he's the last of the Time Lords, he can make all the rules. And basically he develops a short a god complex in a very short amount of time. And within a matter of moments, that's taken away. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. And also not thankfully. Because it's very hard to watch, but at the same time, it's also what else would get it through his head that he can't control everything. It makes you think. <laughs> makes you think yeah. a lot. No, I mean, I, I, I agree totally. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, in fact, the whole of that episode... Uh, for me, it was was just almost like a knockback every time I was watching it. You could see there's something different in the Doctor as soon as he arrives on Mars, mm-hmm. um, looking at the station, uh, especially when the, um, this actually harks back slightly to the old series uh, with the Ice Warriors. And it's the realisation that he knows what's going to happen is to me that the start of the... You could see that he wants to try and prove something, and that's always a dangerous thing for for a time lord. I think, uh, Kenny, uh, what would you think? I actually, I I liked the older companion. It, she wasn't really a companion, so it was kind of weird because I didn't feel her as a. I mean, other than if I, I wouldn't know that she was a companion other than the billing, you know, at the yeah. beginning of the episode. Because uh, to me, she didn't feel like a companion. He just he felt like he was by himself. And she just was the leader of that group of people. Mm. You know, I enjoyed her character. I thought she was a good foil for the for the doctor. And like uh, Casey said, it was cool to see an older, com- you know, a companion to help the doctor out. Because all the companions have always been young, at least yeah. in the the new series. Um, other than maybe Donna, because Donna wasn't as young as Martha and and Rose. Well, obviously, I mean, you mean younger in actor wise. Yes, young actor wise. Mm. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the the story, uh, I mean, you guys all you know, you brought up all the great points of of you know the doctor messing with time, you know, showing his limits of what he can do, because you know he he finally decided that he was going to actually change, you know, change something that was set in time, and obviously it was set in time, so it had to come to the same conclusion regardless of what he did. So he really doesn't have the power of of changing stuff that is set in time. I didn't, I particularly didn't like him going crazy. That <laughs> that that disturbed me more than the entire episode. It was just to me, I, and I know it's part of his character, but to me, it was so out of character. But I know that he does do this from time to time throughout the classic series too. You know, has this darker side, and it you know, and like Casey said, he brings out the master in him. I I, I just had a hard time. I had a I think. I don't know. It was just a difficult. It was difficult for me to see him because you you grow to love this character a certain way, and then all of a sudden it's like a three sixty, completely different. Yeah. I guess a one eighty, not three sixty, because then he'd be back to the same person again. <laughs> but a one eighty, so I mean, he totally flipped, you know. And I know that was part of the development and for story purposes, and it, it worked well with the final two episodes. It was just it was it was difficult to watch. I mean, I think part of it actually harks back to. Um... Uh, probably the regeneration of Paul McGann's Doctor to um, Christopher Eccleston's one because you've had a time war and uh, when we first meet uh, Eccleston's Doctor, uh, the Ninth Doctor, he's obviously very, very dark mm-hmm. and he's, oh, yeah. he's destroyed all the Time Lords and obviously the Dalek, what he thinks, uh, destroyed the Daleks. And that's just him. 
Um, so there's an awesome power behind the Doctor. And the Time Lords are not nice people. People think that, and you get to see that, obviously, later on. I was surprised about that, but we'll talk about that later, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, I mean that's not, you know, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go a bit later on. Um, now, the robot. Gadget, <laughs> um, gadget! <laughs> God, come on! I mean, why do that? That it was the it was the the Lucas moment, wasn't it? it yeah, was but the George Lucas. Yeah, moment. but the the the, epi- the story was so dark and the images were so dark. They had to have that because Doctor Who is still a kids show. Yeah, yeah, but um, really, I mean, if you've got the kids that are watching it, I think they're going along with the ride anyway. I don't think they need to have a a stupid, uh, you know robot where they jump on it and go fast down the corridor. Uh, I know, but I think it was just to lighten the mood because it was a dark, dark episode. And the doctor felt the exact same way. He hated the robot. (laughs) (laughs) You can Um, always watch David Tennant ad-lib to that bit. (laughs) What was funny was that the doctor said that he hated funny robots, which automatically made me think of Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where you get Marvin, the depressed robot, who is just hilarious on his own. <laughs> What's weird is that what caught me during the episode on rewatching was, like, none of the plot points, um, none of the characters, none anything. I got that all in the first go, but what I finally caught on the second time around was that it was called the Bowie Space Station. Yes. <laughs> and I laughed. I laughed my <laughs> pint off. <laughs> it's life on Mars. <laughs> Take a look at the law. Law man beating up the wrong guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, that pleased me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think the effects on this as well was awesome. I mean, the the look of the uh, on their faces once the water had got to you know that that yeah. was pretty scary. I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Another thing, we I don't think we got to really know the characters that well. Yeah, I think that was probably the, the good thing as well about it because it's everything so quick and so fast that you, yeah. you can almost think that these people are going to get wiped out so quickly. Um, and I think that added to it because if you try to explain and think about them, then you know, you're going to lose the fast pace of the story. I think, I think it's typical Graham Harper-style directed as well where it's blam, bam, bam. Yeah. 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 yeah, you do kind of get to care about them though because you get to see their families on the video screen. When the blonde is about to die and she's bawling her eyes out, she plays her plays the clip of her family and touches the screen. I was just like, ah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Did you think they needed the older stuff with the newspaper articles keep coming up? You know, the bang and bang, bang. Do you think that was needed? I don't not necessarily because they show at least once would have been nice because he would have remembered it. But it was such a short episode that I don't think we need to be repeated over and over to remind. I, they did it for drama purposes, you know. I think it would have been good use for the exposition part, and then at the very end mm-hmm. where it shows that even though history's kind of been changed, it's remained the exact same. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, there's a, the classic line at the start as well, which I think uh, Rico has played on a previous episode where uh, she asked him his name and rank. Uh, uh, was it was the uh, the doctor, doctor, and your attention, fun. That was just brilliant. And uh, uh, we might as well talk about the the very ending bit as well, what Casey mentioned earlier on, where he turns around and says, Time Lord Victorious. Oh, yes. My granddaughter. The person she's supposed to become might never exist now. Nah. Captain Adelaide can inspire her face to face. Different details, but the story's the same. You can't know that. 
And if my family changes, the whole of history could change. The future of the human race. No one should have that much power. Tough. You should have left us there. I let have done this sort of thing before. In small ways, say some little people. But never someone as important as you. Oh, I'm good. Little people? What, like Mia and Yuri? Who decides they're so unimportant? You? For a long time now, I thought I was just a survivor, but I'm not. I'm the winner. That's who I am. The Time Lord Victorious. And there's no one to stop you. No. This is wrong, Doctor. I don't care who you are. The Time Lord Victorious is wrong. That's for me to decide. Now, you'd better get home. Oh, it's all locked up. You've been away. Still, that's easy. All yours. Is there nothing you can't do? Not anymore. That, I mean, especially when he mentions, you know, oh, I saved a few little people, which is the totally against everything the Doctor normally stands for. Yeah. Right. Because and he says it again later on in the end of time. But, you know. Because he says the, so often that the most ordinary people are the most important people on this planet. That's mm. why when um, Rose's father dies, everything becomes so messed up. When everything is based around Donna, this normal human being, and like a whole parallel universe just changes because of turn left. It's like with this episode, Waters of Mars, it he totally goes, it's like a complete 180, like Kenny said, where mm -hmm. he says, you know, it, I always say the little people, but someone as big as you, I've never done that before. Yeah. With the exception yeah. of Shakespeare and a few other historical figures, but that's completely different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and uh, her, uh, her final thing as well, when uh, he's banging about how good he is and she goes off and commits suicide at the end, and it's a realisation on his face, what he's done. And I think when you see uh, Ood Sigma, uh, played by Paul Casey, turn up at the end just standing there, not saying anything, just standing there in the snow, and as, as the doctor drops to his knees holding onto the TARDIS and realises that he's gone too far, what a fantastic scene to actually end this episode that so brings you into the end of time. I, I just thought that was beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Totally. It was, it, was, it, was, it was perfect. It was perfect for what happened before, previously right before yeah. it. It was a nice ending. I totally agree. Great writing, great acting. Yeah. What I loved about the last of the episode was is this it? Is this the end? Then he goes into the TARDIS and he says, no, it is not. And then he goes off on another adventure, <laughs> determined to fight. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because the, the last thing you hear, of course, is the cloister bell. The, the cloister bell is normally uh, resonates from the Eye of Harmony. The Eye of Harmony is what uh, drives the, uh, the whole of time. It's the Time Lord's power. Mm -hmm. uh, and when the Eye of Harmony, uh, when that uh, you know, chimes, uh, the cloister bell goes off. You know something bad is happening. Um, and to me, that was like, oh, Cloisterbell, you know, 
yeah. almost time to boom to Belgium kind of thing. Uh, but no, I loved the episode. I thought it was really good. Um, the kind of dark episode. I'm a, I mean, I like dark episodes in Doctor Who, but yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, do you think it was better than Planet of the Dead? No. Oh, right, oh okay. really? Yeah. I I enjoyed I enjoyed the I don't know I just I enjoyed Planet of the Dead more I I thought Waters of March was good it's, it's not bad by any means it's just I don't maybe maybe I just don't like the darker story mm. you know I liked I liked uh, yeah I, Planet of the Dead was was more enjoyable to me I liked Waters of Mars um, it disturbed me a little <laughs> bit more. But I felt like the writing was stronger, the performances were stronger, the direction was stronger. It just um, seemed to click very well with me. So, yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. If you can say enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that uh, that was The Waters of Mars. The mind of the old is troubled. Every night, Doctor, we'll have bad dreams. <laughs> he has gone. It is returning, and he is returning, and they are returning through the dark and the fire and the blood. But too late. Far too late. I was told he will knock four times. I'm going to die. The End of Time, uh, broadcast in England on the 25th of December, Christmas Day, yay, and uh, the 1st of January 2010, uh, boo. Um, so I think it was, you, you guys had it just about a day after? Day right? after, yeah, day after yeah. on both of them. Well, I, I put some stuff up online uh, as soon as I saw it, uh, which is spoiler-free, and uh, I think, and also on the Anomaly podcast uh, on, their, on their forum, mm-hmm. and I think um, I'm going to be buking right here, right now, and it's Anthony, who's Ari Studfarm, who does the Scuttercast, uh, put a huge spoilerific post up on the Anomaly forum, um, which had every single thing what happened at the end about who was in it and who wasn't in it, and uh I don't know, Casey, I don't know if you read that, but you made a comment, uh, either it was on Twitter or something, saying, spoilers, damn you, I hate you, or something. And I didn't know um, if you'd read it on Anomaly or something. Um, I think um, I was looking for a spoiler-free review of one yeah. of the specials, and then I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, why did they say that? <laughs> <laughs> so then, ever since then, I avoided reviews and everything, and, you know, people were already posting up clips. On YouTube. Uh, I know. Oh, my, no, my thing is Twitter. Twitter just kills me every time with spoilers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's not like you can put a spoiler tag on Twitter either. No, it? I mean, and these people, so people do like commentary. So every two minutes, another one pops up. Oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. And then they say what happens. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going off Twitter for two hours. You know, until well, I, I watch I'm it. not being funny, but come on, get a life. Just watch the program. Not, not mess around. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, at least you know, say you're going to do it, so I can stop following you for a time period. Don't yeah. just start pulling yeah. up stuff. Damn them! Oh yeah, that's the hardest right. part about is just avoiding spoilers. And even Russell T Davies said that he wanted to keep like everything as secret as possible until the very end. That is why I appreciate the man. <laughs> because that yeah. is the way a story is supposed to be read. 
yeah. or seen or heard or anything. It's supposed to be a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go on Twitter or Facebook and read your status saying, oh, my God, yeah. I can't believe this happened in Avatar. <laughs> Why? Why did you tell me this? <laughs> I mean, it's a weird thing because secrets can be held. I mean, we know with the Deathly Hallows came out, and um, I mean, I know Kenny, you're a huge Harry Potter fan. Oh yeah, I don't know if you're a, you're a big Harry Potter fan, are you? Um, I waited until um the hype died down on Harry Potter a little bit, and I just started um going through the audiobooks and um reading. I've been really busy, so I have yet to start book three, but I'm I'm, you know, I'm. Uh, getting through them, and I'm enjoying them. I think uh, they're fun. Oh, they get better. Just wait. Yeah, yeah, awesome stuff. But I mean, we've—I mean, not giving anything away because in case they know. But I mean, when Deathly Hallows came out, I remember reading it, and uh, I bought it on the day it came out, and I was reading it as as quick as I could. And I knew there'd be people out there who'd have read it and already the last few pages to find what's going on. But I was really quite surprised how much I, I don't know what it's like in in America, but in England, how the press didn't say anything about the end. They didn't say what happened or, you know, the outcome of anything or what happened to Harry. And I was really actually quite impressed with, with, with how nobody was spoiling it for anybody. Whether it was because it's, in you know, in black, it's like it's a children's book uh, that they didn't want to, you know, let's not spoil it for the children. So secrets can be kept when it comes to stuff like that. It's, uh, they definitely can. Yeah, yeah but, but like, like you said, Harry Potter is just huge. There's no way they're yeah. going to spoil it. When it becomes such an important part of our culture... Yeah, if if we can call you know pop culture an important part of our culture, which I think we can. Hey, it is. Oh, don't don't, so. don't uh, do pop culture. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think when it becomes ingrained in our in our culture, you know, like Star Wars has, I think mm-hmm. we can learn how to keep a secret, and yeah. you know, keep the excitement going. Yeah. Um, it's harder when it's a little bit older. And, you know, you hear Star Wars quotes all the time. You hear references to um, who's, who Luke's daddy is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we know that if you haven't seen it, we're going to keep quiet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And that is um, Casey's um, view on the geek code. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So no, no more spoils. spoilers, please. <clears throat> Anthony. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's get on to the uh, the end of time. Uh, yeah, written by Russell T Davies and Stephen Moffat, although he's uncredited. Um, and directed oh, I didn't by know that. US, Yeah, directed by oh, that's because of the end bit. Um, directed by Yus Lin, a uh, Welsh director. Um, two doctors in this, but we'll come to that later on. And uh, his companion, and I think we can call him a companion in this, and also a murderer. Um, Bernard Cribbins, the wonderful Bernard Cribbins as Wilfred Mutter. Casey, your your, uh, your opinion on Wilfred? I love Wilfred. I want a little <laughs> pocket Wilfred. He's just so happy. <laughs> he will kill you. He will kill you. Look what he did. <laughs> it's so. It was so interesting to see Wilfred Mott and the Doctor together because Wilfred's about. 80 the doctor's 900 but he looks like he's much younger so it was interesting to see this whole dynamic change between here's um my little dramaturg coming out in me um kind of like this parent child teacher student type of thing just switching over and over again Mm -hmm. wilfred's been through a lot the doctor's been through way much so much more but at the same time he has you know the heart and soul of you know a younger man and but Wilfred is also just as young. It it's like switching over and over again throughout the episode. And 
and uh, throughout the two episodes and like the like when at the very end between Wilfred in the radiation chamber and the doctor outside it's like the doctor's very much fighting against growing up in a way and mm. then he decides to take responsibility Theater student. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> I'd never thought of that one. <laughs> uh, Kenny, uh, I loved him. He was. I wish he would have been a companion. I mean, I, I I enjoyed him since we met Martha. He was always a fun part of the Martha story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even met him before we met Martha on uh, yes, Voyage of the Dam. Voyage of the Dam. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he goes way back. But uh, I, I I just uh, he was he's such a great companion for the doctor he was just fun fun and entertaining and wise and you know uh, but for me i just like the fact that the doctor had a male companion because the new series hasn't really had any long-term male companions but neither is you know wolf is also not long-term he was only in a a few episodes but but i i enjoyed him i enjoyed his performance i loved when they were in the cafe just kind of talking like two friends Mm -hmm. Uh, that was like heart-wrenching because it was He's such a kind, sweet person, you know, and he just wanted to help the doctor. That's all he wanted to do. And and Bernick, I mean, Bernick Fribbins is a, a national institution over here. Uh, he was, he's actually already been a, uh, I think I mentioned this before, he's actually already been a companion of the doctor. That's right. Uh, I, yeah, I and, read that. Uh, yeah, with the Peter Cushing film uh, with, the, with the Daleks. Uh, and uh, it's, there's a strange twist of fate, really. Maybe it's a, a little cloud of a silver lining that. Um, the original actor who was uh, who's going to be that was the person who played Catherine's dad, um, but unfortunately he he was in the Voyage of uh, not the Voyage of Damned, uh, the Christmas invasion. Uh, Runaway no. Bride. Uh, Runaway Bride, thank you. And uh, of course he passed away um, shortly afterwards, so they rewrote it slightly and put Wilfred in as the the main character. Mm. Um, and so unfortunately because of someone's passing, but we've got a fantastic. Uh, performance from Bernard Cribbins, uh, uh, the little uh, nod to Feathers on the Forum, uh, he comes from Wimbledon, and we know the, the Wombles, which is narrated by uh, Bernard Cribbins, uh, so a uh, little nod there to him, but he was, yeah, just just absolutely awesome, uh, and obviously played a, a bigger role later on, but John Sim pops back, uh, looking pretty cool with his dyed blonde hair as the master, <laughs> and uh, I think we should go to uh, somebody who probably appreciates a man with dyed blonde hair. Uh, Kenny, uh, your, your views on... Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was... Uh, I liked his look, obviously. Um, it was fun to see him back because you knew he didn't die. I mean, it was just a given. I liked the way that they brought him back and they didn't quite bring him back yeah. normal. You know, he, there was something they, they didn't finish the process before. Uh, I don't. I know there's a debate about his whole power of you know being able to fly and you know exert all that energy. Uh, I did like his scenes with the doctor. I loved when they're in the. I don't know what that what that place was, but that deserted area and and you see a moment of of, of hope in in the master when he's uh, David Tennant's on the ground pleading with them. And there's this. I, don't know, I can't remember the exact scene. Oh, it's there. He hears the the drums in his head. Yes. Uh, he yeah, 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 yes. And he realized, yeah. and yes, and David realized he hears it, and he realizes he's not going crazy, and it's a, it's, a, it's a physical thing, and I I just like that moment. I thought it was so well done and well acted, and it was just a nice intimate moment between those two. Casey, I'm totally with everything and ten times more. I loved John Johnson as the master, and I really liked what they did with his power. Um, because there's always a reference to, um, the Time Lords being kind of godlike and 
when you give uh, someone superpowers, um, usually that constitutes as, you know, a godlike quality. Mm-hmm. So it definitely put it up there. Um, and I loved the scenes with David and John together. I thought they they just work so well together, and you can mm. see it. And, yeah, I liked the emo master a lot. <laughs> I liked his look. I liked... Do you like the way he I ate liked... turkey? What was that? Yeah, so did you like the way he ate turkey? Yes. Uh, it reminded me of my boyfriend a little bit, how he just gobbles everything down and still remains very slim and is always still hungry. <laughs> Don't mention his name on here now, because we will <laughs> refer to him from now on as Turkey Monster. So, uh-huh. <laughs> but um, yeah, it. Um, I loved loved what they did with the master, I and mean, uh, he was also much more primal than he was before because um in season three he was very you know smooth and charming and elegant but in like the end of time he was just crazy man he should have been institutionalized (laughs) had he not had superpowers (laughs) yeah yeah he was like definitely like his animal instincts were coming out and uh uh, all that madness that he had in his head was now on the outside uh, more than anything Mm -hmm. else and and quite more you know, quite dangerous. I mean, we know the the master's a nasty piece of work, anyway. Throughout the whole of a uh, whole of Doctor Who, uh, more so with Roger Delgado, uh, who's the first master. But I found him. I actually found him quite disturbing, actually, yeah, especially mm-hmm. with the homeless people in the. You know, when you had that burger, and it, you just knew they were going to go. You knew they were going to die, and and it, it just. You know, the master's killed, but he's always done it to a certain degree for a reason. As there, he was just killing because he was hungry. Yeah. Uh, Pretty, pretty disturbing. So what, what do you think of the, the first episode of it, or the whole thing, in essence, about the master race? Uh, did, did that win you over, or did it kind of leave you a bit, that's a bit far-fetched? I think they, you know, they had the, the they explained it with the machine and how they would alter everybody. Uh, I just thought it was, a, it was a setup episode, really, the first part. It really, it really just set everything up for the big finale at the end. I don't, I don't think anything huge really, ha- other than everyone changing into the master at the very end. Uh, which was dramatic, but but I don't think really a lot of stuff happened. You know, yeah, I I liked the twist at the end where everyone became the master. The only thing I didn't like about the episode were um, every now and then you got a bad line, like Christmas is canceled, and <laughs> yeah. when everyone turns into John Sim, he's just like, "Look, it's the master race." I'm just like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. why are you doing this to me?" <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm a girl, I don't like puns. I hate them. I think they should no longer be a part of our language at all. <laughs> all right, mental note, Kenny. Okay, yeah. uh, more puns for yeah. <laughs> uh, You're evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the beginning of uh, this episode, uh, and I'm going to read this now because I found it earlier on. Uh, at the start of part one, uh, when the doctor explains his delight at Ood Sigma. He mentions good Queen Bess uh, in the context of having got married and the marriage being a bit of a mistake. Uh, at the end of the Shakespeare Code, Queen Elizabeth appears infuriated at seeing the Doctor calling him her, uh, her sworn enemy. Uh, he does not recall ever meeting her and presumes he will meet her in the future. So that's a nice little connection. Uh, it is, and I didn't, I didn't put that together until right now. That's a no, very interesting... Yeah, that is cool that they tied that in. Yeah. Um, other little uh, nod here to the, the elder, uh, the elder Ood voice is Brian Cox, um, the actor, uh, which uh, I didn't know until I read the 
um, the casting uh, sheet on that, uh, mm-hmm. which was, was quite cool to see. So it ends with uh, the master. I mean, I don't know if you saw, we, we have a thing over here called Doctor Who Confidential, um, which is as soon as the episode is, is played on BBC Three, which is our um, cable channel, um, they do the making of episodes, which is, you get little bits on the DVD, but it's actually a 45 minute documentary on the making of that episode. Yeah. And uh, the amount of filming John Sim had to do um, to, to you know, he wore all the clothes of all the people that you see on screen, uh, and you see him doing it, and not once, you know, I, th- I think, you know, oh man, that must really annoy you, but fair play to the guy, he took it in his stead, and uh, I think he did a fantastic job at the end of it, especially with the, the president bit, and I, your, your opinions on the guy who played uh, your president? <laughs> <laughs> They got the ears, boy. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as they got you know the skin tone and the the outs, because you really didn't get to see his face. Really, you saw yeah. the you saw the back of him, and then his face was shaking so much you really couldn't get a good look. I thought it was it was fun. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting to see, like in the past, in the past Doctor Who's, there have been like references to like fictional prime ministers and presidents, and now in this one we get like. Um, we get a real Actual, one. We yeah. get President Obama. So <laughs> I was like, hmm, I wonder how they feel about President Obama. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually think so far that's a mistake. Um, they, they did the ages ago where I think it was the you see the Queen waving at the doctor, or Margaret Thatcher. Uh, this is going back a bit. Uh, Margaret Thatcher was giving him a wave, and of course the trouble is it, it dates the episode. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. Too much, yeah. I think. You know, uh, it's the reason why some episodes, well, some TV series are timeless. Uh, me and Kenny, you've talked about this before with Mash, uh, because it's set in the the Korean War. It's timeless because yeah. it's a historical uh, thing, you know. Uh, but doing that, I think you've automatically dated it um, straight away. I mean, if three years time or whether it is when you have your next elections uh, and Obama goes out, then it's you know dated straight away. <laughs> uh, so we go into the second part of. Um, of, uh, the end of time. Um, Timothy Dalton, who uh, I love, Timothy Dalton. Uh, uh, for me, he was actually the, one of the best James Bonds for a start. Um, I just think he's an amazing actor. And playing at the beginning, he was classed as the narrator. You now find out in this one, uh, he's called Lord President, um, and then you find out his real name right at the very end. Uh, your, your opinions on uh, on Timothy Dalton? Uh, Casey, uh, you first. I I really liked Timothy Dalton. Um, I didn't really know that the Time Lords could be that mean to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was like the perfect kind of antagonist in a way, just because it showed this different side to the Time Lords. Because we've been told how great Gallifrey is and how you know this race did everything it could to keep time in check, but. Then you get to see this darker side of everything, and Timothy, Timothy Dalton just really brought that out. Um, he was amazing. I loved him. Not as much as John Sim or David Tennant or anyone else, but I, I loved him. Yeah. I loved him. <laughs> We're in a committed relationship. <laughs> um, I actually I enjoyed him also. I Like Casey, I had no – because, I mean, you see Gallifrey and the Timelords through the Doctor's eyes. And he did, mm. he always remembers him in a good light. I don't remember him ever saying anything horrible about him. So to see these time lords, they're they're not nice people. No. They're they're into self preservation. They don't care care who they kill, who they you know have to. It, it was just horrible. You know, they did this poor thing to the master. They're the ones that gave him the drum to begin with, so they can find him in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's just to do that to your own person. 
to one of your own, you know, one of your own people is just horrible. Yeah, yeah I was, I was shocked, really shocked. But um, I thought Timothy did a great job as the leader. He was crazy and mean, and he conveyed everything. I think they they needed to to show the Time Lords as you know not such a nice race of people. Yeah, I mean, at the end of that, when um, you hear uh, uh, the Doctor shout, uh, you know, uh, not again, Vassalon. Um, Vassalon is the founder of Time Lord Society. Um, and as soon as he said that, I already had a hint of it when it was like Lord President. But that, when you hear the name Vassalon, it's like, oh, my, that's almost like it's a, just everything's melded into one now. Because Vassalon turned up in the five doctors and you know, just a nasty nasty piece of work it's like power it's a big you know power corrupts people mm-hmm. um and, and you see that and it, i mean he kills someone straight away at the table yes you know we, we're now discussing mm-hmm. it and you think oh um and he's you know, he's a, he's mean here uh timothy don can play can play dark so well mm-hmm. i really yeah. think i really think he can there was a few nods i think to other sci-fi stuff whether it was intentional or not i think uh, with the gate it was a bit of a nod to stargate mm-hmm. um and also the uh, a bit of a nut to Star Wars with the the whole you know um, time uh, lord the fighting yeah. yeah 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 I love that Wolf in uh, one of those gunner gunners that was cool yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There was, I thought that was brilliant that yeah. was uh, and Rob Bernard Cribbins actually had a blast doing that as well <laughs> uh, um, so what would you make out about this strange woman who uh, in white uh, played by Claire Bloom who turns up to Wilfred all the time. At first, I didn't really know who she was because she had appeared in End of Time Part 1, and then she appeared in End of Time Part 2, and I'm just like, who is she? Why is she all in white? And then at the very end, where um, the Doctor is looking up and he sees her, you know that there's a connection there. And I immediately I was just like, oh, that's the Doctor's mommy. <laughs> 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 and um, it's sort of emphasized again later on in the episode when Wolf asks who she was and he looks over at Donna's mom mm-hmm. and then goes on. That's what gave it away like, to me. Mom! Yeah. It's his mom! <laughs> I'm so smart! I got it! <laughs> she was very ethereal and I really liked that whole idea that they put in there. So. Yeah, that was, that was quite a bit of a surprise. There was, Russell T. David turned around and said there was a few things. He was hoping people would think, is this the Rani? Or, uh, That's what a lot of people like, thought. Because I, I yeah, debated or, back and forth on who she was. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure she was a doctor's mom. Because yeah, of yeah, what Casey said with that whole glance to Mar- uh, Donna's mom. It just kind of gave it there. But people were debating. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it was. It was a. Uh, the other one was uh, um, Susan's mother, um, which of course would have been, in essence, then it would have been the Doctor's daughter. Uh, Susan was the Doctor's very first companion in mm. uh, William Hartnell's mm-hmm. time. Um, but no, it's. I mean, before the film, well, not before, but before it was shown, uh, I think it was a Telegraph and the Times in England that said, "Oh yes, uh, Claire Blue was playing the Doctor's mother in an episode." But it was such a small little article that nobody ever read it, and it's only because I was doing my you know, Doctor Who searches and stuff that I found it. And I thought, oh, um, but I didn't think anything of it. And even when I was watching The End of Time, I was thinking, Who this woman keeps talking. <laughs> this is the Doctor's mom, isn't it? It's going to be that. But because I've read stuff like Longbow or anything like that, you know, from the novels, you kind of just remember. Yeah, it was definitely the nod towards uh, towards Donna's mom. Yeah, I think that's definitely that gave it away. That was it. I mean, that at least sealed it for me that that was going to be his yeah. mom. And it was just a lovely little nod that she gave the doctor to do the right thing. And he, 
there's obviously that telepathy there where he knew that he's got to destroy the connection. And uh, I was getting a little bit tired with the content. You know, the, I could only oh, want him turning around with the gun. Back and like, forth and back and forth. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, well, he's not decocked the gun. So there wouldn't be any. So, you know, what is this, a, a six-click back gun or something? <laughs> um, but I love the way the master didn't really give up on it as well. He was still being backwards and forwards. You know, we can rule Gallifrey together and uh, and then going, you know, shouting to the to Vassal on that. We can work on it and then back to the Doctor. So, I mean, there's still that double side to him. But the last little bit where um, the Doctor shoots the machine and they've got that look at each other. Yeah. That was reactive. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that and was so brilliant. We, I mean, so we get to the end of it, because Will's got to lock himself in the radiation thing to help uh, 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 some bloke out, so he's got out. And the when you see the doctor, he's all exploded, he's, he's cut to ribbons, he's lying on the floor. That The lying on the floor bit, actually, when he lands on the floor, was that was Tennant's actual last filming scene. Mm. Uh, it wasn't the regeneration, it, that was the last scene. Um, and you see what a fantastic, just so beautifully filmed, beautifully acted way it's slowly panning round uh he's mm-hmm. lying on the floor the glass is falling off him and you can hear it scratching on the floor as he's looking up and he's, he's saying i'm alive i'm still alive and you've got that pause and then suddenly all you hear is i'm alive i'm I'm still alive. Gone then? Yeah, good old. If you could uh, let me out. Yeah. I mean, this thing seems to be making a bit of a noise. The master left the nuclear bolt running. It's gone into overload. And that's bad, is it? No. Because all the excess radiation gets vented inside there. Vinvochi glass contains it. All 500,000 rads about to flood that thing. Oh. Well, you better let me out then. Except it's gone critical. Touch one control and it floods. Even this would set it off. I'm sorry. But just leave me. Okay, right then, I will. Because you had to go in there, didn't you? You had to go and get stuck. Oh, yes. Because that's who you are, Wilfred. You were always this. Waiting for me all this time. Oh, really? Just leave me. I'm an old man, Doctor. I've had my time. Well, exactly. Look at you. Not remotely important. But me, 
I could do so much more. So much more! But this is what I get. My reward. But it's not fair! Please, please don't. No, don't, don't! Please don't! Please! Wilfred, it's my honour. Better be quick. Three, two, one. And, you th and the look on David Tennant's face, uh, awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. really good. It just gave me chills. Yeah. Was, was that the moment, Casey, that you started to cry? It, <laughs> it, it started the process, yes. Because, yeah. it, because he kind of began saying, I'm alive and I'm, I'm alive. And he got that little mix, mixture of like happy tears choking in his throat as well as a laugh of victory. Mm. And then all of a sudden you hear... Um, and his face just falls, and he yeah. slowly turns around, and there's little Will smiling and knocking, like, can you let me out? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, this does not bode well. And, like, I felt things starting to sing. I was like, oh, this is not going to be good for me at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, because I, caught, I, I caught the clip earlier on which I'm sorry, I found it on YouTube and I was watching it and it was even more it was even more poignant uh, as I was watching it and, and my, my wife looked in and said you're alright and I was just going <laughs> just, just doing the little little finger wave <laughs> and you think you're just about to kill the doctor now and it's like you know what you're doing and, and then of course you see uh the doctor have a bit of a childish rant you know and, and they you know say well of course you know you don't matter and all that which i thought was quite harsh and i thought i hope i was kind of and they did pay off actually but because i was thinking that was a really horrible thing to turn around and say it was horrible it was yeah yeah that that bothered me just for the fact that it's just I mean, I know he doesn't want to regenerate, and he talked about how painful it was and how it is like dying, and it still was hard for him to say. I mean, it was just hard for me to hear him say that to you know Wilford, who 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 was the nicest guy. He didn't mean to do it. It's just it's yeah. unfortunate the way things work out that he would be, you know, the person who brings death to the doctor. Mm, well, I mean, he saved another human being. He did uh, because he was a good guy. Yeah, yeah, and, and also the thing is, well, of course, it's a set point in time. Yeah. So. There, there you go, you know. Um, but the, the payoff, you know, and I was there thinking because at the moment, at that point, you know, and I love the doctor as much as I know. I was thinking, you, you, you just threw your rattle out the pram, and you, you're being a spoiled ass here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I'm not being funny, but you've done this. You've regenerated ten times, so you know what's going on. And you, you know, this guy hasn't got. You know, he's only got one life. One life, yeah. But when he opens it, he goes, "It's my honor." That was the. That was the. <laughs> that yeah. Was it. That's the thing that actually choked me up. It yeah. was like, oh, you know, yeah. awesome. Yeah. What you so also have get... to consider, though, is um, the longer he spends with 
on Earth and with humankind, the more human he becomes. So, of mm. course, he's going to be very upset that he's going to die because he knows that there's no other way out. He knows he has to say, save Wilfred, even though Wilfred is saying, you know, you can just leave me. I can die. I've lived my life. But at the same time, it's also the whole theme I brought up earlier with parent-child mm. and, you know, learning to grow up and take responsibility. And it also brings back that idea it brings back that scene earlier in end of time part two where um wilfred says you know i'm old enough to be your dad the doctor says that he's older than him but he said he you know would have been honored, honored if yeah. Wilfred was his father yeah um and just remembering that and keeping in mind all these things you can understand why i would be bawling by this point <laughs> And what I loved about his um, death scene was that it began with noise, but then the music started started to build, and you couldn't hear his cries anymore. And I was just like, oh, darn you film-making <laughs> people. <laughs> you know how to push my buttons. I hate oh. Actually, I think like, it... oh. <laughs> we, we now build up to the, the uh, well, the end, really. Um, I have a few issues with this last bit but i'll i'll wait uh, um so <laughs> all right yeah i okay, up to from from now on up to uh as he heads towards the tardis his regeneration uh what what do you feel about the whole goodbye thing he's he's getting his reward i loved it point. i thought it was a i thought it was a great way because we're not going to see any of these people again more than likely because they're all part of the tenant you know who verse I don't think, mm. we'll, you know, we'll probably, maybe Jack, because he's still alive in Torchwood, but yeah. I don't think we'll see any of these characters again, and I just thought it was a nice little nod to say thanks to the to fans for sticking with the four years, and you mm. get to see the results of all, you know, where these people are now. I just, I, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I like that he helped Donna out by giving her the lottery numbers, so, yeah. you know, she's going to win millions, which I think is fantastic, because if that, that family, I don't know about the mom, she's, she got better as the series went, but. You know, mm-hmm. Wilford and, and Donna, I think, deserve all the happiness and all the money they can get. Mm-hmm. So I was cool. I was I was surprised by the whole Mickey and Martha as a couple. I don't know I, where that came from. I was, too. Um, I was uh, disappointed in Mickey for choosing to be with Martha. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. You're not a Martha fan. I, I'm not. And that also emphasizes my point because you also have to remember Tom Milligan really dug her. And she was engaged to him, or so you mm. thought, during season three. And she totally dumped him to be with Mickey Smith. <laughs> Do you think that did that just for the name, though? So it'd be Martha Smith and Jones. Oh, that's I know. I, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was clever. <laughs> I, but, you know, I, I hate Martha. It also, it just solidifies my idea that she is not a very cool person. <laughs> <laughs> and that she should have been killed by that Santarin. But that's just me. That's just me. I, I know other people like her. I All right, Casey. That calm down. <laughs> I did like the fact that they went back to a future or a past rose rather than going because mm. they can't go into that alternate universe all the time. They keep saying it's sealed, sealed, but they keep coming through somehow. So it was nice to see that she that they went further back to before the Doctor even met Rose. And so it was yeah, nice. Although, uh, Although she was looking really weird. Uh, I don't know what Billy Piper's done to her teeth, but... Uh, oh, I didn't uh, notice that. Oh, yeah. she looks terrible. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I don't... 
What's weird is that she... It's interesting that they went to the past, but she looks thinner and older. And yeah. I was just like, um, something's not clicking. But at the same time, I was so glad that that was the last person that he saw before he died. Because um, not only does uh, it hark back to the very beginning of the Russell T. Davies era, it also... Um, it also warms my little romantic heart. <laughs> because I do like the Doctor and Rose together. I will well, not lie. They are together, technically, in the alternate universe. Yes. And um, if they're on the 45th anniversary thing, which is pro- probably 2013, we might see David Tennant again. He says he <laughs> yeah. has not ruled that out. So he could come back as clone Doctor. I'm just saying, uh, they like uh, breaking into that parallel universe. They yeah, really do. They say they that do. we can't visit it again. And they just go back and forth. Just like they kill the Daleks every single season, but they come back. And Cybermen. Yeah. Well, you've got the license thing to use the Daleks, so I think that's the reason why they keep turning up. Uh, uh, the end bit for me, I mean, I was extremely happy with the Donna bit. Um, I really liked that because it was the Will storyline. It was poignant to it. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that he, uh, the Dr. Tomei says he borrowed a pound off a guy and it was Donna's dad. Um, I know. Oh, I didn't. Was, I didn't get that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was a nod to the actor, obviously, who died as well, uh, which is which is quite nice. And you know, that's about as far as I would have took it because I, I can see why they did it with going to see Martha and Mickey and and then seeing uh, those. But it was just sort of like there was no point. It was a little bit too egocentrical in my mind of Russell T. Davies. It's like these were my little buddies, and I'm saying everyone goodbye. I, I just don't think there's any need for it. Uh, it was too long. It was a bit like watching The Last Lord of the Rings. Oh, show, I knew you were going to bring that up. And I, and I, I knew it. The Rings, so it's like, but he was like, "Oh, come on, get on with it. We all know what we're waiting for." You know, mm. uh, you know. Obviously, I want to see the new Doctor. Now, in my mind, like you know, David's gone. He's off now. See you later. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm waiting for the new Doctor to come along. And and he was just, <laughs> <laughs> and he was just, he was just sort of like, "Oh, come on, he'll be up and die," because he was just getting a little bit. Too, and this is the second time of watching it. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, "Okay, I can, I can see that." Oh, look, it's Rose. Oh, look, it's Martha. And I was thinking afterwards. Oh, and then, oh, look, it's, it's Captain Jack with uh, the excellent Russell Tovey, uh, who always should have a nod because he's brilliant. Um, I mean, I think Jack Jack will be back. Um, it, he's too much of a... Because he, he's a time character, so he's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one little thing that Casey brought up there regarding the, the anniversary stuff, uh, Tennant has got his costume, uh, well, another version of his costume, already locked up. Um, mm-hmm. And th- there is nothing better in my mind than a, a doctor heavy episode uh, we had it with peter davidson when he came back as a fifth doctor there's, there's still several actors alive who've played the doctor who could all come back there's no reason why they couldn't do a big doctor episode like the old right. five doctors and i think david Tennant would jump at it like no one's busy <laughs> uh, i don't think he'd need to be paid an awful lot of money uh, i think he'd, he'd jump at it um so let's get on to the um the the important part uh, of this episode, <laughs> uh, the bit where Katie this song is ending, but the story never ends.
I don't want to go. Regeneration. I, I thought the regeneration of this was just awesome. Um, I mean, we've seen it. Well, this is probably actually David in the second regeneration because he did it before. Yeah. He didn't regenerate. It's a bit weird. But seeing the whole, because you guys know how much I adore the TARDIS, and I've never been an overly great fan of the interior of this this TARDIS. I'm not too sure. I think it's just because I love the old white one. But seeing the outside of the, the TARDIS exploding with all the glass coming out, and then David, uh, you know. Regenerating, uh, guys. What, I mean, what, what did you think of the whole regeneration process? Casey, you Who go like first. To go first? Can, you go first because I know that you might start to cry, and then Ken, you can take over when you start <laughs> breaking up. After this okay. Uh, I thought it was just simply breathtaking. I I remember like the days um, coming before the final tenant episode, thinking, "Oh my gosh, what are his last words going to be?" I really hope they're not cliche. I really, but at the same time, I really hope they won't make me cry. I don't. Uh, and then, um, you know, the music and Udma's, Ud Sig- Sigma saying, the, the song is ending, but the story never ends. And then he goes into the TARDIS, um, which I think is, um, they always make a reference to the constant companion. And I always like to think it's the TARDIS. Um, yeah. And Russell has always said, has recently said in a commentary that um, not only is death the doctor's constant companion we are we the fans the geeks <laughs> fellow nerds are the doctor's constant companion and um when the music finally dies down it pans in on david's face and those last words just um sum up what everybody is feeling the writers um david mm. the actors the fans he says those magnificent magnificent words i don't want to go and that is just when everything just started coming down. <laughs> <laughs> and also what was magical was when he started glowing. And finally when the regeneration started happening, 
you think about um, Christopher Eccleston's regeneration too, and it's a lot like a star kind of exploding. And then, mm. and what was awesome about this, because David's been around for so long, was that it basically just destroyed everything. It was like this super massive explosion. And I was like, ah! <laughs> and then he turned into him. It, it was a roller coaster ride, too, because as soon as he turned into Matt Smith, I was kind of giggling. It was odd. It was very odd. Uh, Kenny, what do you think? Uh, I, I have the same exact thoughts that Casey had. I mean, it was, it was, it was. I liked that there was a different regeneration than Eccleston because Eccleston he changed just him, but David, I mean, his regeneration took out the entire TARDIS. I mean, there was mm. flames and fire, and the things were falling, and you know, I mean, we knew that they were creating a new TARDIS, or at least yeah. I knew. Yeah. Um, so I mean, obviously they had to do something to destroy the old one so it would regenerate with with the new. Uh, doctor, I just like that it, it was different. I like that each generation or each regeneration is is just slightly different. I mean, they're still doing the whole you know light coming from within and shooting out through the arms and head and legs, and it was the same type of regeneration. But um, I was honestly, I was I was ready for, and I know Casey's gonna hate this, but I was ready for David to end. I mean, I was ready for Matt. I'm ready. I'm ready for the Matt Smith Doctor Who. Yeah. You know, it's been so long with us knowing that David was gonna leave. I think I've come to grips with it long ago. You know, I hate to see him go. Cause I, I mean, I loved him as the doctor, but I'm ready. I'm ready for a new doctor. So it was a happy ending for me, watching him regenerate into uh, Matt Smith. Yeah. I, I, thought I, was a, I thought I had come to terms with it too, but then it turned out to be um, <laughs> the, ni- the denial phase of my grieving. <laughs> and then I got angry and depressed, and then I started to bargain. <laughs> And it wasn't until well, the trailer came on that I accepted it. Oh, well, for the for the Matt Smith uh, season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a great thing on that as well. Where, I mean, the BBC had to um, issue a statement um, uh, actually straight afterwards because uh, I, I love the I love the regeneration. I, I love the way what happened with the inside of the TARDIS exploding. And and this is of course then when Stephen Moffat took over the uh, sat down and directed and uh, wrote this bit with uh, Matt Smith. Uh, where you suddenly see him almost go, ooh, when he, he comes out of out of the regeneration and he's he's running around mm-hmm. the ship and he's going legs, legs, hands, ooh, hands, <laughs> nose. Oh, I've had I've had that chin, ooh, because when he's got a very weird chin and he pulls his hair down and uh, and and he goes, uh, he goes, still not ginger. Now a load of people uh, are probably not ginger people. I said, um, complain to the BBC. Actually, that's not because um, it's not a derogatory thing because the tenth doctor's comment was, oh, God, I wanted to be ginger. You want to be ginger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's the whole point. It's not. A, it's not a, a saying. Oh, good, you know, I'm glad I'm not ginger. It's actually he wants to be. He wants to have red hair. Oh, it's, um, it's yeah. funny that people he's... took it that way because I didn't see. I saw, like you said, I thought, oh wow, you know. He's disappointed he didn't get ginger hair. Uh, yeah, so we, we've got Matt Smith, and uh, they issued the uh, teaser trailer. Um, uh, I think the first thing you see on the teaser trailer is the new look um, outside TARDIS, uh, which is actually mm. the, still the same model. It's just been repainted to look um, very much like the 1960s. It's actually more like the Peter Cushing um, version of the TARDIS with the St. John's Ambulance sign. Uh, and to me, that's a, a great thing. It's a new start, new fresh. Uh, are you guys looking forward to uh, to Matt Smith coming in, especially uh, what you've seen on the trailer? Yeah. I mean, I was looking forward to it. Regard- I'm a, I mean, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. I loved Eccleson. That's, I mean, I, I was a, you know, a Tom Baker fan 
but then I dropped it because I got confused when he regenerated into the new guy. And I stopped watching, so I started picking it back up with Eccleson. I loved Eccleson. When he died and changed into David Tennant, I wasn't such a big fan, but Tennant grew to love him, and I'm sure I'll do the same with Matt Smith. It's it's the story of Doctor Who. It's the characters. It's it's not just the person. I mean, the person's great who plays the Doctor, but it's obviously the stories and the continued, the ideas and all that is what makes you come back over and over again, at least for me. Yeah. I, I'm excited for Matt Smith. Um, it it's definitely going to be different, but you can tell just by the teaser trailer that he's already having so much fun with what he's been given. Yeah. But the thing I'm most excited about is Stephen Moffat's writing. Yes. Because he's a phenomenal writer. Yeah. Um, all of his episodes in Doctor Who have been – some of them have been the best of that se- of their seasons. Yep. I agree. And I think Stephen Moffat is a Doctor Who fanboy just as much as the next people, and he is going to be – fantastic he's just going to be great as the head writer so that's who i'm looking forward to i'm not so sure about the companion yet but we'll see we'll see mm. <laughs> yeah I, i'm quite i think it's great that might be to me. <laughs> yeah it's awesome and i'm even starting to get used to the bow tie on uh, on matt smith but I, I don't really have a problem with that I, I quite like the quirkiness of it i like the the old old man style dress to, yeah. to a young looking face i think it works i think it complements it pretty good and if, if i'm looking at the trailer i mean he, he shoots a gun um read the songs back in it uh you seem to see the inside of the tardis which looks like this super cool white inside of the ship if it is the, the inside of the tardis you only see it fleetingly uh, and of course the uh, weeping angels are back yes um, that's yeah yeah so, and, the, and the daleks are back yeah, and they look uh, camouflage Daleks, which uh, <laughs> they seem to have gone back to the eighties style, which uh, which we enjoyed. But yeah, I, I could have given a miss with the Daleks, but that we don't know. We don't know why they're back, and we don't know what's going on with them. But yeah, I'm I mean, the Doctor smack one over the head with <laughs> a shovel. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won't. I'm not going to judge anything until I watch it. But I'm going to love it anyway. So regardless of what it is. Yeah, 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 I think it's going to be, uh, I mean, we, we've got to wait till I think, around about March, I think it is, March, April, maybe. <laughs> and we'll have to wait longer, so that means I'll be going to my alternative ways of getting it, because I can't wait. Well, hopefully not. I mean, I honestly don't see why, if they was able to broadcast the, the last two specials mm-hmm. um, a day after each other, th- there must be some reason why they was able to do that. I don't see why they can't do it for that, because uh, uh, it's in their best interests. Uh, yeah, but... People see it, wonder, you know. Yeah, but BBC America didn't have the series. BBC America yeah. only had uh, the specials. Uh, Sci-Fi had the series. So who's got the? Do you know? Who's I don't know who one? has the new series. No, probably Sci-Fi since they had the previous series. Yeah. Oh, right. We'll, we'll see. It'll we'll be a surprise see. for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know yet. Nothing's yeah. been said. Anything? I haven't heard. I haven't read or heard anything about the new series starting over here yet. So. Well, as soon as it starts, uh, check out the Treks in Sci-Fi's forums because uh, you can guarantee that uh, it'll be posted up there, what's going on. Uh, we've got a little spoiler badge, so you'll have to click it. It's okay, see, it's a chief. You want to click it open and see what's going on. Or uh, a warning to all you Twitter people out there, stop it with the spoilers. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so that brings, us, uh, that brings us to an end of, uh, of this Treks, Treks in Sci-Fi. Yeah, Treks in Sci-Fi. I was going to say waffle on. <laughs> <laughs> This is the anomaly podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The Knights of the Guild. Knights of the Guild. (laughs) I'd like to thank uh, Kenny and Casey uh, for joining me. My name is Med, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you all next week for another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi. Goodbye, everyone. Later. Bye. Okay. 
What have you got for me this time? 